You're listening to the podcast of Christ Walk Church in Fernandina Beach, Florida, where we exist to inspire people to follow Jesus every day. We hope that these messages encourage and challenge you to live for something more. If you'd like to know more about our church, you can find us online at thechristwalk.com. Thanks again for listening. Now here's today's message. Christ Walk Church. Good morning, everybody. How's everybody doing today? Thank you. So good to be in the house this morning. I'm excited about kicking off a brand new message series today. Before we jump into that, though, we have some more celebrating to do. Um, the, we, we took up a special Kingdom Builders offering at the end of the year in December last year. The numbers are in, and um, because of your generosity... Uh, we started off with uh, seed money and, and egg to, to pull from at the beginning leading into to 2023 of $13,732. Um, so give yourselves a hand. That is awesome. Thank you so much for your generosity and for sowing into the ministry of this church as we move it outside the walls and um, continue to reach people in our community and then all across the world. For those of you that would like to continue to participate in Kingdom Builders, you don't have to wait until the end of the year. You can make that a regular part of your giving over and above your offerings and tithes all throughout the year. Um, you can select it in the drop down. You can write it on your envelope. Or for those of you who, like me, often text to give, all you have to do is add the word kingdom to whatever you text, and that'll get your gift um, to go towards kingdom builders to continue to support um, those partnerships and places and people and projects all throughout the year. So I'm overwhelmed with the response, and I just want to say, Thank you, thank you, thank you um, for how you are partnering with us and helping us to be the hands and feet of Jesus in our backyard and around the globe. Amen? Amen. If you got your Bible, you got a smart device, why don't you turn with me or swipe with me to the Old Testament. We're going to be in the book of Proverbs. If you're using um, a leather and paper Bible like this, you open it up to the middle, you should be in the book of Psalms. Turn right one book and you'll be in the book of Proverbs. We're going to land in Proverbs chapter 16 here momentarily, Proverbs chapter 16. But before we get there, I got to know, have you ever considered, have you ever thought, have you ever wondered what the difference is between the people who are most fulfilled in life and those of us who aren't? You know, we, we see these people all the time. They've got uh, incredible marriages. They're, they're successful financially. They, uh, they have a meaningful career or an impactful ministry. They, at, at every turn, they seem to be living life to the fullest. But meanwhile, some of us, we're struggling in our relationships we're struggling to pay the bills. We're struggling in a dead-end job. We're struggling to make it to church on time. We're struggling just to get out of bed in the morning. Have you ever looked at one of those fulfilled people and wondered, what is their secret? How do they do it, right? Well, let me answer that by telling you what their secret is not. Their secret is not intelligence. Their secret is not talent. Their secret is not good looks. And all of you right now are thinking, but Pastor Blake, 
It's connecting the dots right there. Y'all are getting it. But Pastor Blake, we look at you and we thought that that's what it was. Take Hollywood, for example. Hollywood is full of smart people who are miserable. It's full of talented people who are broke as a joke. It is full of attractive people who can't seem to hold a relationship. So it's not any of those things that lead to a successful and a fulfilled life. The difference between those that are successful and fulfilled and the rest of us that may not be is a little thing that I like to call wisdom. Primarily, it's making the the ability, it's, it's learning how to make wise decisions. I've heard it said that the quality of our decisions will often determine the quality of our life. Pastor Craig Rochelle, the pastor of Life Church, he said, you make your decisions and then your decisions make you. But here's the problem with that. On the whole, you and I, all of us collectively together, we are terrible at making decisions, right? I recently saw a post online that said, well, it's time to get up and get going because today's bad decisions are not gonna make themselves. And apparently here in Florida, we're a little worse at making decisions than most of the rest of the country. Let me explain. Has anybody ever heard of the Florida Man Challenge? I got a few people in the room. If, if you're not familiar with the Florida Man Challenge, there, there's a, uh, it, probably not a female. It's a guy in the room right now that I'm getting ready to just waste the rest of his Sunday after church today. Because... The Florida Man Challenge is where you Google the phrase Florida Man along with the date of your birthday, and then you just begin to read the headlines, like the news headlines of things that took place here in Florida. You're going to have your mind blown. Just wait until after church to do it, because if you'll get sucked into the rabbit hole and I'll, I'll lose you or whatever... In fact, I love it so much that I started Googling other people's birthdays as well. (laughs) Like my birthday was awesome. And I was like, I got to see what the rest of the world is experiencing on their birthday. One of my favorites, anyone born on February 8th? Anybody? Anybody born on February 8th? All right. Well, if you are, you're watching online. You got a month to get ready for this. Um, one of my very favorites, February 8th headline. I believe this was from 2016. The headline reads, Florida man charged with assault with a deadly weapon after throwing alligator through Wendy's drive through window. <laughs> like, talk about poor choices. Am I right? Does that guy not understand that fast food is bad for you? What is he thinking? Okay, so maybe most of us, we're not out in the streets flinging lizards through windows, but we still have a tendency to make poor choices with our lives. Like, even though we may want to lose weight, we still end up eating the unhealthy foods and way too much of them. Even though we may want to get out of debt, we still find ourselves buying things we simply can't afford. Even though we may want to be a better spouse or a better parent, we still do things that end up hurting the people that we love most. And so the question is, why? Why do we have such a difficult time 
making wise decisions. Three primary reasons. If you're taking notes, maybe you want to write these down. The first reason that we have such a difficult time making wise decisions is because, number one, we're too overwhelmed. We are too overwhelmed. Studies reveal to us that the average person makes 35,000 remotely conscious, conscious decisions every single day. What to wear, what to eat, how to respond to somebody when they ask us a question, what show to watch, what to post on social media, which emails to reply to. It's too many and it's exhausting if you think about it. And, and what this ends up leading to is it causes what is scientifically known as decision fatigue. And decision fatigue is defined this way. As the volume of our decisions increases, the quality of our decisions decreases. This is why we will come home after a long day of work. We'll sit down on the couch and we will scroll through our Netflix looking for something to watch for an hour and end up watching nothing, right? Or this is why we dread that age-old question that single-handedly places marriage relationships in jeopardy every single day. You know the question. It's, so what do you want to do for dinner? (laughs) Right? I don't know what you fight about in your house. That's what we fight about in my house. My response to that question here lately has been to just not make a decision. That's what I want to do for dinner. I just don't want to make a decision. Sarah's philosophy is if you wait long enough to cook dinner, everyone will just eat cereal. I just, I just helped some marriages right there. Like healing just took place. You're like, okay, the guy's like, I'm just not going to make a decision. And the wife's like, we're going to stock up on cereal. And I'm just going to let it play out. (laughs) Awesome. We're too overwhelmed. Number two, we're too afraid. Because after all, what if we make the wrong choice? What if we end up going to the wrong school or we choose the wrong major or we get the wrong job or we marry the wrong person or we buy the wrong house and we're so afraid of missing God's will, getting outside of God's will that that since we can't be sure what to do, we end up not doing anything. See, the, the truth is, is that indecision is a decision. And often indecision will stand in the way of our ability to make any progress. I love what Stephen Lawson says. He says, in his sovereignty, God not only determines ends, but he controls all the necessary means to accomplish those ends. And so what this means is that, in other words, we we can't buy into the lie that any decision that you or I could make is going to somehow overrule and overthrow God's sovereign plan. Like he's bigger than that. And and so don't hear what I'm not saying. That doesn't mean that we can just willy-nilly do whatever we want to do. But, But what it does mean is that as long as we're making decisions with our arrow pointed in the direction of Jesus, 
They were trying to live our lives in a way that would honor him. And, and the decisions that we're making, they're, they're, we realize that they're not self-destructive. And, and we're trying to be positive. And we're trying to move toward him. That as long as we make those decisions with our arrow pointed in the direction of Jesus, we can trust that he's going to cause everything to work together for our good. So we don't have to be afraid. But yet we end up struggling to make good decisions, wise decisions with our life because we, um, we're too overwhelmed, we're too afraid. And number three, and finally, we're too emotional. We're too emotional. There's some people in the room this morning, I'm not gonna ask you to raise your hand. I'm not gonna ask you to identify yourself, but they are here among us who when making a purchase, they wanna be sure that they do it as logically as possible. And so they're going to analyze the finite details of the entire thing. And they're going to, they're going to read all of the consumer reports. And they're going, to, they're going to get lost in the weeds of the online reviews. And they're going to compare specs of, of a myriad of products all to save $5 on a blender or a television let me set somebody free this morning. Guess what? In the grand scheme of things, it doesn't really matter all that much. We call this paralysis by analysis. We look at all of the details and then eventually like it just, it floods back in and we're like, oh, it's information overload. And so we don't know what to do. But then on the flip side of that, there are these other times where we'll allow our emotions to take us hostage and overrule our ability to think logically or to make logical decisions. And so what happens is, is we end up overanalyzing all sorts of things that don't really matter, but then when it comes to the important stuff, we end up letting our emotions get the best of us and just reacting in the moment, right? Like on the way to church this morning, there is a parent in the room that your child did something to annoy you. And, and logic told you, stay calm, be patient. But emotion said, screaming and yelling is the better option. And you gave in to the emotion. It's okay. It's okay. There's someone in the room that this past week, temptation reared its ugly head in your life. And, and despite the fact that logic told you, hey, that's not a good choice for you, emotions told you to give in because it just feels good. It feels right. And, and so what this shows us is that it's often the emotional decisions that can cause the most damage. It's the emotional decisions in our life that can cause the most damage. And so the principle here is don't make a permanent decision based on a temporary emotion. This is how people end up with tattoos on their face. <laughs> they make a permanent decision based on a temporary emotion. And living life this way will cause us to arrive at the same place every single time. It's the place called regret. Regret. So 
because the quality of our decisions is going to be what determines the quality of our lives. And so that brings us back to the question, well, then what is it? If, if it's wisdom, if it's making wise decisions that are setting people up to be successful and fulfilled, so, so what is it then that wise people actually do? And it's, it's very simply this. Wise people decide now what they're going to do later. Wise people decide now what they are going to do later. So you've turned or swiped to Proverbs chapter 16. We're going to read verses 1 through 3 and then uh, skip down to verse 9. We'll read that together. It says, We can make our own plans, but the Lord gives the right answer. People may be pure in their own eyes, but the Lord examines their motives. Commit your actions to the Lord and your plans will succeed. We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. What, what this proverb or this, this passage here from Proverbs is revealing to us is that man proposes, but God disposes. Man says, maybe I should, or maybe I will, and God says, this is how things are going to be. So what it's saying, in other words, is that God has the final word. God has the final word. And if you and I, if we're going to live successful and fulfilled lives, there comes a point where we have to exchange rationalization and justification for unwise behavior and instead align our decisions with God's plan and purpose for our lives. That looks like doing things God's way instead of doing things our way. This is what it means to live for something more. It's to do things God's way instead of our way. We're not living for just what we can see in front of us. We're not living for the temporary of what we can taste and touch and feel. We are living for something on a higher plane, a higher trajectory. We are, we're not living just for ourselves. We are living for God. We're not living just for the present reality. We are living for an eternal reality. This is what it looks like to live for something more. And we notice the order that things take place here. First, we commit our actions to the Lord. And then secondly, then he orders our steps to bring about success. Right? Not the other way around. What this shows us is that, that we have to determine now what we're going to do later. Or perhaps it's better said this way. We must determine our course of action before the moment of decision. We must determine our course of action before the moment of decision. This is how wise, successful, fulfilled people live their lives. In a very practical sense, it looks like this formula. When I'm faced with blank, I will blank. So all of us, all over the room, those of us watching online, we can, we can all figure out this formula. And, and it can be different for everybody because we're all faced with different things. 
but you know some of the things that, that are leading to negative and unwise decisions in your life. So, so you can decide now that when I'm faced with X, Y, Z, whatever that is, then this is how I'm going to choose to respond. When I'm tempted to make an impulse purchase, I will sleep three days on it first before I decide. When I'm angry or upset, I will take it to the Lord in prayer instead of complaining about it to a friend. When someone cuts me off in traffic, I will play, pray blessing on them instead of giving them the one-fingered salute. You know, whatever it is, I'm going to choose now what I'm going to do later. That way, when the, when the situation arises, you've already decided how you're going to handle it. There's some examples of this all over scripture. We're going to take a look at three of them really quickly. Genesis 22, God told Abraham to offer his only son, Isaac, as a sacrifice. Genesis 22, verses seven through eight, says, Isaac turned to Abraham and said, Father, yes, my son, Abraham replied. We have the fire and the wood, the boy said, but where is the sheep for the burnt offering? God will provide a sheep for the burnt offering, my son, Abraham answered. And they both walked on together. See, in, in the midst of an incredibly difficult and incredibly challenging situation, Abraham had decided right up front that he was going to trust that God would provide the sacrifice. And so that's what he communicated to his son. That's what he walked out and lived out. And that's what took place. The Lord provided the sacrifice. Ruth chapter 1, after the death of her sons, Naomi told her daughters-in-law, to return home to their people, Ruth 1.16. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Ruth had decided from the beginning that I'm a part of this family now and I'm not gonna turn my back on it. And so Naomi, wherever you go, whoever you worship, however it is with you, I I'm going to go along with that. She had decided ahead of time what she was gonna do. Daniel chapter one, we find Daniel and Meshach, Shadrach and Abednego taken into Babylonian captivity, ultimately to be brainwashed and to be conformed to the ways of the Babylonians. In Daniel chapter one, verse eight, it says, but Daniel was determined not to defile himself by eating the food and wine given to them by the king. Daniel decided before I ever sit down at the king's table, I'm not eating any of the food and the wine that he offers to me. I'm gonna live my life set apart. He had decided ahead of time in each of these instances, Abraham, Ruth, Daniel, and we see, uh, we see situations like this, examples like this all over scripture. They all made decisions based on the values that they had determined and solidified beforehand. The reason we have to do it beforehand is because we can't wait until the temperature rises, till it gets hot and we're in the moment where we're, where we're on the hot seat and we're sweating. We, we can't make, we'll end up making an emotional decision there. So we've got to determine beforehand the things that we value so that then we can live our lives in accordance with what those values are. So that leads us to the question, what is it that we value? This is something that wise people they get nailed down. They, 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 this gets, they firm this up in their life. It, it, it gets solid. It, it becomes a foundation that they can stand on. 
Maybe it's something for you. Maybe it's integrity or maybe it's faithfulness or purity or teachability or generosity or whatever those things are. But the first step is figuring out the things that you value. And it's really difficult for me to tell you what the value. Like you've got to determine that for yourself, but I've got a pretty good idea of a place we should start. So reveal to us the things that, that we should value in the way that we should live our lives. But that's the thing that we've got to figure out from the beginning, the, the things that we value. We operate this way as a church. In case you're unaware, we have eight core values that help to steer what we do as a church and who we are leading people to become. You may ask the question, well, why is there only eight? Isn't there like way more other things that we could value outside of that? Sure there is, but if everything's important, then nothing is important. And so we've settled on these eight because we feel like this is who God has called us to be. These are the things that we are to value. This, this is who God, if we can value these things, who God is calling us to become. And so we utilize those values to deter, that, are, that are based on the word of God to determine how we're going to operate as a church, and who we are leading people to become that call this place home and that are a part of Christ Walk Church. And the reason that this is so important is because when our values are clear, our decisions become easier. When our values are clear, our decisions become easier. And so then based on those values, when we get those, uh, we get those nailed down ahead of time and, and we know the things that we value and, and we allow those to steer the way that we live, the decisions that we make. So based on what we value, we're able to decide now what we will do later. That when I am faced with X, Y, Z, based on my values, this is how I'm going to respond. This is what I'm going to do. But unfortunately, a lot of people take the approach with their decisions as if they really don't matter. And, and what, what we end up doing instead is instead of deciding ahead of time, we end up doing just whatever we want to do in the moment. And then we try to rationalize it away. Like, oh, it'll be okay. It's no big deal. Or we'll justify it and we'll make a decision and we'll say, it's fine for me to make this decision because after all, so-and-so, they're doing the same thing. Or, or we'll, we'll give excuses and we'll say things like, well, it, it just, it feels good. And after all, it's not hurting anyone else, right? We say those things about the decisions that we make. But the truth is, is that you and I, we don't make decisions in a vacuum. Our decisions are not isolated unto themselves, but rather there's a domino effect that is involved. One decision leads to the next, leads to the next, leads to the next, and so on and so forth. And it doesn't just affect us, but it affects all the people that are around us. And so here's what we've got to realize, is that our decisions determine our direction, and our direction determines our destination. Our decisions determine our direction, and then our direction determines our destination. And so based on that, here's a thought for you to consider. If your life is moving in the direction of your decisions, are you okay with the destination that your decisions are taking you? 
me ask that one more time. I think it's important for us to consider, especially right here at the beginning of a new year. If your life is moving in the direction of your decisions, then are you okay with the destination your decisions are taking you? If not, then this year, right now, is the time to decide to do something different. Because the truth is, the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over and over again and expecting a different result. If you don't like the direction you're headed, the destination you keep arriving at, quit living the way you lived in 2022 and 2021 and 2020 and before then. You got to change something so that you can make, make new and different decisions so that you can get moving in a new and different direction so that you can arrive at a new and a different destination. So if you're not happy with where you're going, if you're not happy with where you're at, Make a decision to do something different and move in a different way. The difficulty with that is, here's what I know to be true about myself when I try to do this. Perhaps some of you can identify. When I'm leading my life and I'm trying to figure things out and everything, I, we have this tendency, I have this tendency to want to put my hand to things and want to do things my way. Like, I got this, God. I don't... And, and when I live my life that way, I, I find out that I'm often, I arrive at the place of, of being unintentional, I arrive at the destination of being unprepared. I end up at the destination point of being selfish and short-sighted, inconsistent. And then ultimately, I'll end up giving up when the going gets tough. Man, enough of this, it's not working. I'm gonna throw in the towel. Maybe you're at that place right now. Maybe that's what 2022 looked like for you. Maybe some of those are the things that you've been struggling with. You need to know you're not alone. If we were all truthful, we, we would all say that at least part of that has, has affected all of us. And that we've tried to do things our own way. And because we've made decisions based on that, we've ended up at a place that we never intended to be. The good news here this morning is that God is calling me, he's calling you, he's calling all of us to do just what we've talked about already, to live for something more, to live his way, to live the way of the wise. And so over the next few weeks together, we're gonna dig into the book of Proverbs. We're reading it as a church. Um, if you haven't jumped into that plan with us, you can do so on the YouVersion Bible app. I think uh, I was looking last night, we got about 70 people that are signed, 70 people that are signed on, like that, are, uh, that, that I know of that are reading that together. Um, you, can, you can connect to that plan. Go to our website, thechristwalk.com. Click on the events tab. You'll see it there, 31 days of prayer and Proverbs. You can click on that. There's a link that'll get you through to the reading plan. You can jump in with us. Don't worry about the first week that you met. Just jump in right where we're at. Read it along with us. 
But over the next few weeks, we're, we're going to dig deeper into this book of Proverbs to learn what it looks like instead of living our way, what it looks like to live God's way, the way of the wise, and to determine beforehand that, that instead of being unintentional, we're What does it look like to be devoted? Instead of being unprepared, what does it look like to show up prepared? And instead of being selfish, what does it look like to be generous? Instead of short-sightedness, what does it look like to be faithful? Instead of inconsistency, how can we be consistent in our lives? And instead of giving up when the going gets tough, what does it look like for us to be finishers? And so here's the challenge for all of us. In the year ahead... Right now, let's go ahead and determine this right now. In the year ahead, let's choose to make decisions that are based not on the emotions of the moment, but rather on the values that God has placed in our hearts. Because when our values are clear, our decisions are easy. And so as we learn to do this together, because I, I, I can, I even feel it in my own life. Yeah, this is hard. I'm not sure what happens if, what happens if I make a decision that's, that's not wise and I, I get myself in a mess and, and what happens if I can't get this right? And it's never worked for me before. And I've tried it so many times and pastor Blake, you don't understand. Here's what I need to let somebody know is that as we learn to do this together, the good news is, is that we're not saved by the quality of our decisions. We're saved by the grace of God. So if we mess up, if we miss the mark, He's going to be right there to pick us up, to dust us off, to get us back on the pathway to success and fulfillment. Because here's what I know about the God that we serve in accordance with his values, because he loved the world so much, he decided ahead of time knowing that when he created Adam and Eve, that they were going to miss the mark. He decided ahead of time that because he loves humanity, his creation so much that he was going to send his one and only son, Jesus, to die in our place. And Jesus, when he was given the opportunity, he made the wise choice of the cross. He prayed in the garden of Gethsemane before he was arrested and dragged away to be crucified. He prayed, Father, not my will, but your will be done. See, if we will choose to commit our actions to the Lord, then our plans will succeed. But in order for that to happen, we must determine our course of action before the moment of decision. And that simply comes from a place of surrender where we echo the words of Jesus Christ saying, Father, not my will, but your will be done. That begins for some of us by making a decision to place our hope and our trust in Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. If you're in the room this morning, you're watching online, you've never done that, but you're ready to Make your first of many wise decisions that are gonna move you in the direction of a brand new destination that are gonna set you out on the journey and the pathway to success and fulfillment in your life in accordance with living God's way. You're ready to make that decision today. I wanna invite you to pray this very simple prayer with me. Can we pray together? 
Heavenly Father, I admit that I'm a sinner and that I'm lost without you. I believe that Jesus died in my place, making a way for us to have a relationship. Today, I choose to follow Jesus and his way for the rest of my life. Amen. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Christ Walk Church podcast. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. To find out more information about Christ Walk Church, including our service times, how to connect with us on social media, and the ministry opportunities we have for you and your family, simply visit our website at thechristwalk.com. Thanks again for listening, and don't forget, because of Jesus, the best is yet to come.